1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. I am one of the hosts, Nick Pallotto, joined, as always, by Chris Flum. And today, we're going to go over the New York Giants' new and improved tight end position. Obviously, they made a big acquisition this offseason in acquiring Darren Waller, which we'll get into in a little bit. But first, let's ask Mr. Chris Flum how he is doing. Raptor, how are you, bro?
2: (laughs) I am doing well. It's kind of a... uh gray rainy drizzly day right now so good, t- good time to be in and talk football
1: good let's start thoughts on mr darren waller who the giants acquired by trading the 100th pick that they got from the kansas city chiefs to the las vegas raiders to get the six foot six 255 pound tight end who is 30 years old who had an injury plague season last year had only 28 catches for 300 88 yards with three touchdowns on 42 targets. In 2021, though, he was targeted over 100 times. Same in 2020 and 2019. 2020, 2019, he was dominant. In 2020, he had nine touchdowns went north of 1,000 yards in 2019 and 2020. It's just, can he stay healthy? That's the primary thing when it comes to Darren Waller. And if he does stay healthy, even though he is 30 years old, I believe he will be a huge impact player for the New York Giants. What are your thoughts on Darren Waller, bro?
2: Yeah, I think Waller will play a very big role in the Giants offense. Yeah, I, I said when we were Talking about the Giants OTAs in our last show, that I wouldn't be surprised if, for a significant chunk of the Giants offense, Waller wound up being the Giants' number one receiver. He is, I would say, other than Sterling Shepard, easily their most veteran receiving option. And he is incredibly experienced. He has a rare skill set as a guy who is that big, but also still very athletic. He's a good route runner. Yeah, maybe not quite as good a route runner as Sterling Shepard is, but very few players in the NFL are as good route runners as Sterling Shepard. And I think the fact that he is at least technically a tight end does create a lot of options and opportunities for the Giants offense, which I think we will be getting into maybe in the second half of the show. But it does give them a lot of Options and flexibility with their personnel packages and how Mike Kafka and Brian Dayball can scheme up their offense, which we know they are the the tendency exploiters.
1: They are the tendency exploiters and I can't wait to see how the play action passing attack works. But let's move on to Daniel Bellinger here for a little bit. Look, Daniel Bellinger was a day three pick out of San Diego State, six foot five, 253 pounds. Not a lot of people expected all that much from him, but he came in and he exceeded expectations. Not only was he a, a solid receiver, catching 33 passes for 290 yards with three touchdowns receiving, I believe he also had a rushing touchdown against Green Bay, if I'm not mistaken, on 38 targets, very efficient, with an 86.8% catch rate. But he was, a, I would say, a dominant blocker for a tight end. Okay, because we always talk about this, the good old Mike Mayock adage, can you lose slow enough? There were times where Daniel Bellinger was blocking 260-pound edge rushers and holding up the point of attack to allow the running back to get across the line of scrimmage, to get to the second level, to have those one-on-one matchups against the alley defenders. So for a 22-year-old rookie, Daniel Bellinger exceeded expectations in a variety of different ways. And In some sense, I guess you could say it sucks that he's not going to be in a full-time role, but adding Darren Waller, you just could not pass that up, and I do think this Giants coaching staff is creative enough to find ways to utilize both of these skill sets, but damn, I really do love Daniel Bellinger, and I was impressed by his rookie season.
2: Yeah, I don't think his role is going to be that diminished as compared to last year, which again, these are things we're going to get get into in a little bit after we kind of run down the state of the Giants tight ends and how they were used last year. Yeah, I think Daniel Bellinger was a, not even that low key. He was a pretty vital part of the Giants offense last year, not just because of his ability to lose slowly as a run blocker, as a pass protector, but also be that efficient and effective receiving weapon yeah how often did we see talking about play action Daniel Jones basically fake the handoff to Saquon Barkley have that naked boot and then Daniel Bellinger would be running across the field and there would be nobody around him and you get that easy three five yard pass and then just bend the route upfield, pick up some yards after the catch, and just keep the offense moving, keep the offense on schedule. That, I think, was incredibly important for how the Giants played offense last year.
1: And there are four other tight ends that are on the roster. Lawrence Cager, who the Giants signed at about midseason last year, and he operated in the role that I believe Darren Waller will operate in. Only Darren Waller's Role will be on steroids relative to how the giants used lawrence cager but he's also a former converted wide receiver out of the university of Georgia, so not necessarily a blocker is there space for him on the roster i think that is a legitimate question tommy sweeney who came in from buffalo had some health issues over there in buffalo a try hard blocker wouldn't necessarily say he's a good blocker but he has a shot at being the tight end three here dre miller and then ryan jones two undrafted guys Dre Miller from the 2022 season, another former wide receiver, I believe, from Maine, and then Ryan Jones from ECU, a former linebacker at Oklahoma who went to ECU and then converted to tight end, who showed some receiving chops, not necessarily a blocker. But Chris, do you have any opinions on these four? And if you had to pick one to make the team, who would you say?
2: I think if I had to pick one to make the team, it would be Lawrence Cager. Of these guys that are not named Daniel Waller, Darren Waller and Daniel Bellinger. I accidentally combined the two of them, but you did, <laughs> I, I think cager just because a, the Giants seem to like that converted wide receiver hybrid tight end, you know, body type and skill set. but also he did show, I think a fair amount as a receiver, the Giants had a package of plays drawn up specifically for Lawrence Cager last year, and they were effective. I don't think the Giants will throw that away. I think Darren Waller will get that same package. It will be expanded upon. But having another player with that same type of skill set, I think I could see the Giants wanting to keep that around. Again, as you mentioned at the top, just in case Waller isn't able to stay healthy.
1: That's the whole thing. It comes down to the health, and that's the interesting part of, are you going to carry three tight ends, four tight ends? Because I can make an argument, Chris, that the Giants need another blocking type of tight end if their three tight ends were Darren Waller, Lawrence Cager, and Daniel Bellinger. Obviously, Bellinger can execute those assignments, but I don't necessarily trust the other two to hold up in 12 personnel and short yardage, and there's going to be situations throughout the season that arise in that manner, and if you do even if it isn't short yardage, want to employ, say, a big tackle and a big personnel, it's going to really tip the hand for you to be running the football. So I just think there's an interesting conversation to be had on who that third or fourth tight end will be, and if Tommy Sweeney, for instance, has a chance at this roster. But Chris, do you have anything on that before I get into how the Giants used their tight ends last season?
2: Um, I do. But I think I want to save those thoughts for after the break because I think they can be spun forward into how the Giants could use their tight ends in 2023.
1: All right, let's do that then chris the giants in 2022 used 12 personnel remember 12 personnel is two tight ends whenever you look at the number 11 personnel 12 personnel the first number is the number of running backs on the field and the second number is the number of tight ends so 12 personnel has two tight ends out there one running back two wide receivers they were in that personnel grouping 17 percent of the time last season with the playoffs included But in the first half of the season, through the bye week, so up until when the Giants lost against the Seattle Seahawks in the Pacific Northwest, the Giants were in 12 personnel 24% of the time. So they really wanted to have these tight ends out there, and I don't think it was necessarily because they were like, oh, these guys are so good. Let's get them out on the football field. We're talking about Tanner Hudson and players who didn't even make it through the whole season, Chris Myrick, and then obviously a rookie in Daniel Bellinger. But it was more so a product of the injuries that were suffered at the wide receiver position and the lack of depth at the wide receiver position. Because if you had to name one wide receiver, Chris, last year, who was the impact wide receiver for the New York Giants, it was more than likely Darius Slayton. And Darius Slayton, I don't think, caught a football until, what, week three against Chicago? I don't think he earned playing time until week two, which was only a few snaps because the Giants had... Kadarius Tony Wando Robinson was dealing with an injury. You had Sterling Shepard end up getting hurt early. There were just a lot of injuries at the wide receiver position, and the Giants were trying to find their identity with Daniel Jones. So they were just running the football and operating out of 12 personnel, and they had success running the football early in the season out of 12 personnel, but that didn't last throughout the entire season.
2: No, once defenses really started to catch on to how the Giants were how they were using their blocking schemes, how they were using the RPO within their offense. The running game really kind of slowed down for them. We saw this in the middle of the season as Saquon Barkley, as the carries started to pile up, the defenses just got a lot more disciplined in how they played the giants. Yeah. Defenders were not nearly out of place as often. I uh, remember that, Honestly, that Chicago game, they looked like they had never seen a football field before. <laughs> it was kind of insulting how they played defense and how poorly they played against the Giants RPO game. Like it was just an insult to football. But then as defenses kind of got more disciplined, they got the more tape piled up on the Giants offense we saw their running game get to be less and less effective and the offense was less effective as a result. And I, I think you're right. I think the, the giants really rode their 12 personnel early in the season because those were the best players available yeah, that got you to have, uh, Darius Slayton on the field. You could have Saquon Barkley on the field and then you'd have, uh, Your choice between, I don't know, David Sills and either Tanner Hudson and Chris Myrick. And yeah, at at that point, the tight ends were the better option.
1: And if you go back to that point of the season, I think one reason why the Giants kind of strayed away from 12 personnel at that point of the season, well, one reason was because the Giants were getting their asses kicked against Detroit and then somewhat down the stretch against the Dallas game. I think the emergence of Isaiah Hodgins was forged during that Detroit loss because the Giants ran 12 personnel hardly in that Detroit loss because they were just getting their asses kicked from the jump. So they were just operating out of 11 personnel and that gave Isaiah Hodgins the ability to really develop a rapport and to get the 11 personnel package out there with Darius Slayton and Richie James. And that was in week 11 after Isaiah Hodgins' debut against Houston in week 10. And then we started seeing Isaiah Hodgins really kind of grow into his role. And that Washington game in week 13, I felt like that was interesting because the Giants employed a lot of 12 personnel in that game. And Saquon Barkley rushed for, I think, 63 yards on 18 attempts, a 3.5 yard per carry average. Did have one rushing touchdown, but they were very inefficient and they were running a lot out of 12. So against Philadelphia, they end up getting blown out again in week 14 using 11 personnel. And then in week 15, they came out with more 11 personnel. And Saquon Barkley averaged 4.8 yards per carry. Against Minnesota, he averaged 6 yards per carry. Against Indianapolis, had 4.8 yards per carry. And that coincided with the fact that Isaiah Hodgins was really growing into his role that the Giants were having success with Richie James and Darius and That was the 11 personnel package that the Giants kind of carried into the playoffs with success. And then they started incorporating the pony package as well. So 12 personnel kind of took a back seat a little bit to pony personnel, which was a little bit later on in the season. And then also an efficient rushing attack out of 11 personnel and Daniel Jones being very comfortable operating the Quiz the quick passing attack that Brian Dable and Mike Kafka told him to basically operate, which was mainly out of 11 personnel.
2: Yeah, that kind of classic West Coast attack, what the Giants adopted really in overtime against Washington, I think that really did mark the, the philosophic shift in the Giants and how they use their personnel packages and you're absolutely right. The emergence of Isaiah Hodgins. And I would also add Richie James to that because I I feel like fans had kind of a, a love hate relationship with Richie James. I, I think particularly those two muffed punts, That left a long-lasting sour taste in people's mouths with respect to Richie James. But as a receiver, he was, I would say, very efficient. He was where he was supposed to be when he was supposed to be there. He had good hands as a receiver. I believe he only had like two or three drops the whole year. And just having a stable and dependable top three from wide receivers that did allow the Giants to employ the 11 personnel and then they branched out into the 21 personnel the two run the pony package two running backs and they didn't have to basically play the same offense every single snap.
1: And in the final four games of the season, the Giants only used 12 personnel 7% of the time. Now one reason for that was the fact that Philadelphia blew out the Giants in the divisional round. Seven percent of the time that was low. another reason is the pony personnel package, but it's also the comfortability that the Giants had with their 11 personnel package. I think that's gonna I think they'll still be comfortable with their 11 personnel package this year, but the addition of Darren Waller is gonna drastically change that. We'll talk about that a little bit after the ad break, but I wanted to bring up this final point on what the Giants did in 12 personnel last year when the Giants were in or all of their passing plays for the New York Giants. of those passing plays, they were in 12 personnel. A lot of that was off of play action. And we know through the first half of the season, through the bye week, Daniel Jones was very efficient. He was, I think, top six in the league in efficiency off of the play action. We've seen Daniel Jones have success throwing the play action passing attack. And I think Darren Waller is going to slide into that phenomenally. But Chris, do you have anything on that before we go to the ad break to talk a little bit more about what we expect in 2023 from the tight end group?
2: Well, I do. But again, this is the sort of thing I want to lead into off of the ads. So why don't we just go to ads?
1: All right, let's go to our ads. Everybody knows the deal there.
3: Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away.
0: You can find it on the prop g pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts
1: all righty chris let's talk about this 2023 tight end group for the new york football giants you have it written down in our notes and i love how you term this a pseudo 11 personnel package and what you mean by that is yes darren waller he's a tight end but it's a little bit different so can you have an 11 personnel package out there with Basically, twelve personnel because Daniel Bellinger will operate as your tight end, and Darren Waller is basically an X receiver. He's just a gigantic wide receiver who you can align really anywhere. There's no limit to how you employ his skill set. So, do you want to elaborate a little bit on that? And how excited are you about the creativity
2: that we may see from Brian Dable and Mike Kafka? Yeah, the, this really is building off of something Andrew Thomas said after the Giants. I believe it was the third OTA the first one where the media was present that Darren Waller was basically playing wide receiver for the giants. And part of that is just the nature of OTAs. Uh, guys are in shorts and their t-shirts. I don't know if they even, ha- they, they might have their helmets on, but like guys aren't doing like real serious blocking. Nobody's really hitting. In fact, I believe it was Dan Duggan reported that the giants, uh, secondary players, cornerback safeties, they were instructed to not contest catches too physically, too heavily. Basically, like if the the receiver is probably going to make the catch, just let him do it. Don't get anybody hurt. So you're not going to be seeing tight ends play real inline, physical, cracking heads, tight end. But I think... Darren Waller, between the Giants top two tight ends, Darren Waller and Daniel Bellinger, if I'm going to have one block, it's going to be Daniel Bellinger. and if I'm going to have one catch a pass, it's going to be Daniel Waller or Darren Waller. Why do I keep doing that? Anyway <laughs> the that is just their best skill set. And if you have both of them on the field in a 12 personnel package, really what you have is a traditional tight end in Bellinger and then a converted wide receiver in Waller, a guy who, even if he lines up in line, is still basically a wide receiver. He's a very big wide receiver, but he's still a wide receiver in effect. And one of the reasons why we saw the Giants pass so much out of 12 personnel last year, you know, they were in 12 personnel 17% of the time, across the entire season. And then they were throwing out of 12 per- or they threw 16% of the time out of 12 personnel. So they threw a lot out of 12 personnel. And the big reason for that is that is that it is actually a very efficient passing formation of a, a very efficient passing personnel grouping, because you are really forcing the defense into a heavier personnel grouping themselves. They're going to be playing maybe nickel uh a lot of base 3-4 linebacker sets. So you're getting a guy like Daniel Bellinger who is more athletic than he I think it's given credit for matched up against a maybe a sam linebacker in coverage and that is a win for the offense and then we you have the offense run those play action boots that sort of thing and you're able to very effectively scheme separation you can use those big bodies of the tight ends to block out defenders to create room for your receivers now if you have a darren waller there you have what is in effect an 11 personnel package you know basically three receivers but it looks to the defense Like it's a 12 personnel and they have to respond to it. Like it's a 12 personnel. Now the flip side of this, and this is the thing I, part of what I mentioned in the first half, why the giants running game got more efficient in the second half of the season is because 11 personnel is actually more efficient to run out of again, because of what it does to the defense. If you're forcing the defense into a three cornerback, a true nickel set, or even a dime set, where you only have one linebacker on the field and you are maybe spreading your receivers out, you know, playing a broader formation, then you're taking players out of the tackle box. And the guys that are still in the tackle box are going to be smaller. So that is just a better matchup for your blockers. So that leads to more efficient running.
1: And when you have Darren Waller and Daniel Bellinger as your two tight ends with Saquon Barkley in the backfield, if you're a defensive coordinator, how are you going to defend that? Obviously, it's going to really just depend on the personnel that you have on your defense, but it at least puts the seed in the mind of the defensive coordinator that if you start giving up some chunk runs, you might need to get heavier in your personnel. And when you get heavier in your personnel, what's that going to lead to? Going to lead to some play action passing attacks. It's going to lead to some one on ones with Darren Waller against the safety or possibly even a linebacker, which good luck defense just puts the defense in a bind when you have these types of creative creative uh, assets all throughout your offense and you can employ a 12 personnel package that really has the ability to take the top off the defense and now that you add Jalen Hyatt to this team as well you put him out there in a 12 personnel package not the biggest guy in the world but if you watched him at Tennessee he can block like I wouldn't say he's maybe as good as a Sterling Shepard at blocking, maybe not as good as a Darius Slayton. He's also a kid, but he's going to try his ass off to get in the way. But now with that play action passing attack, Giants had several touchdowns off the play action in the red zone last year. I remember there was, I think, two against the Vikings from 12 personnel, one against the Eagles. That was to Isaiah Hodgins. I'm trying to think. I I know there was another as well. I think there was one against the Texans to Lawrence Cager if I'm not mistaken. But regardless of the fact, that play-action passing attack from 12 personnel is going to be so much more dangerous with the upgrade of Darren Waller and the routes that Darren Waller can run. I mean, we know that Brian Dable coming from the Buffalo Bills, what was one of his staple plays over there was Y-cross, man, which is basically just a deep over-route from the tight end, deep over-route from the big slot, whatever you want to call him. But with Darren Waller running that route, I don't know if Brian Dable has had a player like that for quite a while to run that route. Yet, yeah, Dawson Knox is a fine tight end, but he's not Darren Waller. The Giants didn't have anything close to a Darren Waller last year. So, I, I would just love the fact that you can use that big body over the middle of the field, which is going to draw so much attention. The, t- the safeties are going to be paying attention to that, and that can open up one-on-one opportunities for the Darius Slatons
2: and the Isaiah Hodgins of the world on the outside. Yeah, and just to build off that, now we get to start to think about what do the Giants personnel groupings look like? You know, we we mentioned the, in the first half how they played 12 personnel, 17% overall. They had, uh, it was what, 24%? I flicked off the tab, but it, it, they played, yeah, 24% of the time in the first half of the season. And then they had a ton of 11 personnel in the second half of the season. Yet now I think we could see a lot more balanced use of both of these formations by the Giants because they have put in the work to upgrade the wide receiver position. Isaiah Hodgins is still there. Darius Slayton is still there, but they've added Jalen Hyatt. They've added Paris Campbell, but you also now have Darren Waller. And then we also saw, and I know the Giants know, how effective the pony package was last year. So I don't know exactly how much, Daniel Bellinger's share of the snaps is going to drop back. You know, how how many snaps he is going to lose because the Giants now have all of these options where they could play 11 personnel, they could play 12 personnel, they could play 21 personnel. We could even see them trot out a 22 personnel, basically a pony package with the two tight ends on the field. And then how do you defend that?
1: Yeah, good luck, defensive coordinators. That's what I'm hoping, at least. But in terms of Daniel Bellinger, that's a big discussion point around Twitter. How many snaps is he going to have? Well, last year, when he was active, remember, he got punched in the face by Devin Lloyd and missed a few games. But when he was active, he played 72% of the snaps, a total of 675 snaps with the playoffs included. Now, he was. I would say for all intents and purposes the number one tight end throughout the year and i know tanner hudson played over him for a little bit chris myrick had his role early early in the season but if you look at chris myrick he played 301 total snaps in the season which was a 28 percent snap share daniel bellinger is going to have a significantly higher snap share than that so chris if you had to kind of put a number on it because i think you and i are on the same page darren waller is going to get his but I don't think he's going to play in every down role. That's not going to be, I think his, um, I don't think that's what the Giants are going to require of him coming off of the injuries, and not just because of that. He is north of 30 years old, but I also think the Giants are just going to get creative with their personnel package and how they employ it. What do you think Daniel Bellinger's snap share will be this year?
2: Yeah, I think somewhere around 60%. I don't think it would be really below 60%, 60%, maybe two-thirds of the snaps. Yeah. I think it's, it's going to be interesting just to see how many different personnel packages the giants employ and whether or not they use those, that 22 personnel, uh, if they use 10 personnel with all of the extra receivers, cause they've got a ton of slot guys now, and they might want to find snaps for Paris Campbell and Wandale Robinson and Jalen Hyatt. And Also, you're going to have Isaiah Hodgins and Darius Slayton on the outside. So I don't know that Bellinger is going to lose a ton of work. But I think if the Giants are in an 11 personnel package, I think Bellinger is the guy who's going to be on the field just because you need a very versatile tight end for 11 personnel. And of the Giants' tight ends, if I'm going to have a guy, like I said in the beginning— who is going to be blocking either for a running play or as a pass protector, I would rather it be Bellinger than Darren Waller, if only because if you're having Darren Waller block, why did you trade for Darren Waller?
1: I'm also just curious as to Will the Giants be incentivized, depending on how defensive coordinators play them, to run more 11 personnel over 12 personnel when they want to run the football because they were efficient running the football down the stretch out of 11 personnel? If the defense is putting out heavier personnel, they want to run the football, the defense is putting out that heavier personnel against their 12 personnel. I know this is a lot of personnel being thrown at you. Then would they be incentivized to run more 11 personnel to hopefully get lighter defensive groupings, like say nickel or big nickel, or maybe even a dime type of package. But if they were to bring in a Darren Waller and a Daniel Bellinger, would that condense? And then
2: they would have to run against heavier packages. I
1: think that chess match between the coordinators is fascinating.
2: Yeah. Or the Giants could just say, well, okay, then we just won't run the ball. We'll just throw it. You know, they do have that option. You, I don't think they're locked into running the ball 20, 30 times a game. And they do have that. I think the basis of their offense going forward is going to be that West Coast quick game because of how well that worked. And you could just keep using those play action boot if the Giants have 12 personnel and the defense is gearing up to stop the run, show them run, and then throw it short to somebody who can run after the catch.
1: And if not short, man, try to hit big with an explosive play. I mean, it's just there are a lot of options right now. Heading into last season, Chris, we did not think the Giants had that many options. Look, I was more optimistic than most on the New York Giants last year. That was more of a product of the schedule that they played. But now with the options that they have added in the, in the players and in the, in the different skill sets with the coaching staff that proved that they can coach last year, it, it makes heading into 2023 that much more exciting. But Chris, do you have anything else on the Giants tight end position?
2: No, look, I think it is going to be interesting how they piece the position together because yeah, the top two guys, they're obvious, but what about the third tight end? If they carry a fourth tight end, will, uh, Ryan Jones make the team, but do it as an H back and kind of straddle the line between tight end and fullback. Will he be in the backfield, uh, play tight end, whatever would, or do the giants just try to stash him on the practice squad? Yeah. as interesting as the dynamics with personnel groupings and Darren Waller and Daniel Bellinger and all that are, I think what's happening a little bit below the surface is going to be very interesting to follow as well.
1: I'm right there with you, Chris, but thank you everyone for tuning in to the Chris and Nick show here on Big Blue View Radio. Please, if you have not done so already, like and subscribe, comment on the podcast that helps us and head on over to bigblueview.com where we have all of our written content. Thank you everyone and have a lovely day.
0: What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to The Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work